0: I'm Joy Dice, the 2021-2022 President of the Junior League of Atlanta, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of JLA Inside Out, stories from inside and outside of the Junior League of Atlanta. All right, so hello. I'm so excited to come to y'all today. This is Joy Dice. I am serving as the President for the Junior League of Atlanta this year, and this is a conversation that I have so been looking forward to Uh, Today, we have two of our dynamic past presidents with us, and we are going to have a conversation about leadership, both within the Junior League and externally, out in other organizations or in professional settings. So I'm so excited to bring y'all today conversations with Camille Kessler and Deanna Anderson. And we are going to go ahead and get started today with Camille first. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us today. As y'all know, the Junior League of Atlanta is known for our community impact and our advocacy work we are also an organization that is focused on developing the potential of women. We know that leadership is certainly something that women are capable of and really bring to our community. So Camille, if you could start off first, can you tell us a little bit about your journey into a leadership role within Junior League? And when you think about your history with our organization, was there a defining moment that helped you make the decision to say, I'm ready to step into that leadership role?
1: Well, yes. First, Joy,
2: thank you so much. I'm excited to to be with you today and our awesome members listening. Um, I will tell you, I joined the Junior League of Atlanta in 2001. And of course, we all know what happened in 2001. I was actually in a day provisional class back when we still had day provisional classes. And uh, my husband was traveling. um, And that is when uh, the Towers uh, in New York City were hit. So September 11th, I was in a provisional meeting. And uh, I remember, and I've told this story countless times, I remember uh, watching the league galvanize around people that they didn't even know in a completely different city. And Terry Bedore Ducket was our president at the time and went on of course to become uh, the president of the Red Cross of Georgia. Uh, and Atlanta as well. And so just watching our league and the women in our league step up to support people in need in a completely different way than I ever would have anticipated, that to me was my defining moment because I knew that I had joined the right organization. I would left corporate America and was putting all of my efforts in the nonprofit arena to help others. And I just knew I had joined the right place. Uh, so I looked at Terry Bedore, who... Uh, became somewhat of a mentor to me over the years. I adore her, and uh, I knew that I wanted to follow a similar uh, career path, as it were, in the Junior League of Atlanta. After watching her and others galvanize our members uh, around those uh, horrific events and turning it into something positive for our league here, uh, and you know, I went on uh, through the years. You know, uh, I loved being a provisional. I became a provisional development chair. Uh, worked my way up, always wanted to be membership VP, never got it, but I trusted the nominating process. Uh, And of course, eventually became uh, president, uh, the 96th president. Uh, And it was just such a highlight for my life. And then after that went on to become president of the Atlanta Symphony Associates, um, and then uh, executive director for Rebuilding Together Atlanta, which I was introduced to because they used to be a community partner of the junior leagues. And so, you know, everything comes uh, full circle, but it's just been a wonderful journey. And I have to say in your question asking about my journey to leadership, I love that because my kind of theme when I was president was a journey that your service and your membership in this venerable organization is it's a lifelong journey. So I talked about the the you know the league journey and and that there really is something for everyone at every stage of your life, whether you're a provisional, first year active, an active, or a sustainer, and it, there there is no limit to what you can do in this organization. So it's a lifelong uh, journey.
0: Camille, I remember the journey as the theme in your presidency, and it was so inspiring to think about both the journey as an organization, you know, where we've gone over these past years, but then also our individual members, right? And you walk in those doors the first time, and maybe it's a little overwhelming, or maybe it's, what are all these acronyms, and how am I ever going to learn all this? And it's so uh, fun to see members go through that journey and become more fluent in junior league, if you will, you know, and really find their place and find their passion point. So I absolutely remember that journey theme. And I remember talking to you about that when I was, a very new member and saying, I can do this. I can be part of this great organization. That's, that's part of me, but also so much bigger than me. Right.
2: Right. Um, so
0: that's amazing. Thank you for that. So Deanna, of course, you served as our centennial president. And so I would love to learn a little bit more about your journey into leadership. And then, you know, what was a defining moment for you that that helped you make that decision?
1: So good morning, Joy and Camille. It's so great to um, be with you guys this morning. Um, I, like to say that I accidentally fell into my leadership start of my journey within the league. Um, I think that I'm celebrating my 20th year in the league um, this year Um, and, you know, really started out um, in community sampler with my first um, placement and really wanted to try different things. Um and then with my marketing experience found that um I had lots of friends in leadership who were in charge of fundraisers
2: who really
1: wanted my help from a marketing experience. Um, and my accidental start in leadership was um two um dear friends who were on the shamrock and roll committee took me to breakfast one morning and were like we'd like you to take over our marketing for next year. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. They're like, but there's this form you have to fill out. I was like, why well, do I have to fill out a form? Like, I'm in the placement. And they're like, no, no, you need to fill out the form. So I fill out the form. And that was my intro into willingness to serve. And then every year, they'd be like, can you please fill out the form? Can you please fill out the form? Um, and then I was working on getting um, our social media up and running for Shamrock and Roll. And I went to Starbucks um, over um, on West Paces with another past president, Sarah Bat, who was the head of VP of Community at the time. And I wanted a Twitter account for Shamrock. And so we sit down and she says, if I give you a tweeper account, and I've told this story before, so she will not get upset that I said she used the word tweeper for a Twitter account. And social media was very new at the time. She goes, I will give you a Twitter account, but it's time for you to do self-nominating. And I was like, I don't even know. No, like I just want a Twitter account. I'm totally fine doing my marketing role. Um, And we sat there for probably over an hour. Um, and I decided to um put my name in the hat for self nominating. Um, and that kind of led to my journey um where I eventually um, ended up serving as our um, centennial president. Um, you know, I take a lot of um, a lot of pride in um, my leadership journey within the league. And believe my professional business um, is all nonprofits now. And all of that expertise came through the league. Um, and, you know, it just is an amazing opportunity to try new things while also still making a lasting impact in our community. You know, I look back at the investments that we were able to make through the centennial grants. And they're still making a lasting change in our city, and will continue to do so. Um, so, like you know, like Camille said, I think it's such a unique place to try your try your hands at different things and different ways of leading in an organization. That I don't think there's any other place um, in Atlanta where you really get that opportunity to make it your journey and to try new things and to feel okay to like fail forward in a safe um, environment.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Well, y'all both touched on this a little bit in your answers, and I'd love to learn more about this. So when you think about leadership, how do you see leadership being different in a volunteer environment like the Junior League versus that corporate environment?
2: Well, you're not getting paid. So uh <laughs> that's the biggest difference, right? So, you know, when you talk about uh, you know, motivating people, um, you're not it's not dollars, you know. So you've got to bank on uh other factors to get people to all join the bus, you know, to hop on the bus together mm-hmm. to go where you want to go. Uh and you know, we're fortunate in the junior league that so many most of the people who join the league you know, they know what they're signing up for. So um, it doesn't take a lot of convincing. But, you know, in other environments, it's, you, it's a different, could be a different concept altogether. So uh, when you're dealing with volunteers and motivating volunteers, and if, if they haven't all, um, you know, don't have the same, you know, mindset of, of why they're doing this, uh, it, it's really to, you play to, you know, their, their beliefs and, and, you know, try to get to know folks and find out, what gets them going you know for some people it's you know just i want to help kids you know helping children is my motivation and why i've joined you know this organization so uh, finding that and finding ways that you can help incorporate what people are passionate about uh, and put a focus on it, that can help get folks, you know, geared up and excited about what we're going to be doing together. So uh, it's, you know, I remember years ago, we, we did these personality assessments on a council that we were on. Uh, and it helped us to, to see how we could work best with one another and what your strengths are and your developmental areas, because of course we would never use the term weakness. Uh, so we always call it developmental <laughs> areas. And I just remember, uh, you know, sometimes seeing the, the profound look on people's faces when they saw what their strengths were in person. And that even knowing what your strengths are can help motivate you and, and, and motivate others And as to how we interact and how we work to collaboratively to achieve what goal we have. And and the league is no different than a lot of other organizations in that we are goal oriented. We have a strategic planning process and a business plan process every single year because we're trying to achieve these goals that we set for uh, our organization and our impact in the community. Mm -hmm. So it's similar to the corporate world, but it's different in that it's not dollars in the bank, but It's dollars in terms of what we're putting towards the community and helping others. So Mm -hmm. I think that's an easy way to kind of focus on the collective impact that we can have. Absolutely.
1: And I would just add that, you know, I think the, you know, I have already described, you know, in my opening, the sense of family and friendship, you know, most of my dearest friends in Atlanta, I have met through the junior league of Atlanta. Um, And I think that that's a difference when you look at our community impact versus a corporate volunteer. Um, You know, you come in with your provisional class and so many of us have stories about dear friends that we have that from our provisional class who we may never have served with other than coming through the door and starting our junior league experience together. And I think that that camaraderie of women um, and those connections Make our service very different. Um, you know, my daughter, as Camille with yours, you know, they grew up on the floor of the Junior League of Atlanta and that's already made a lasting impact on my daughter Reese's, um, life. I mean, in second grade, when I was president of the league, we went into her conference and written down in her notes was that she had leadership skills far beyond that of a second grader. And that it was believed it was from being around a diverse group of women at the Junior League of Atlanta. Oh, that's like, amazing. This teacher, right, like this teacher has, because Reese is like drawing pictures of the Junior League, you know, the gala, and she's drawing all these things. And so, you know, the, the teacher was very aware of, you know, the league. But I think in a corporate setting, yes, you become a family in ways, but I think within the league, you become a family in a very different, you know, in a very different way. And it's the way that impacts your family and your family sees the impact you're able to make. And, you know, I loved taking the kids with me to, you know, JLA surf for Boo at the Zoo and then seeing the volunteers. So Mm -hmm. I think it's that personal connection. And, you know, Camille, you touched on that. It's checking in with those volunteers and really figuring out what they want. Do they want, you know, I very much got a new part of my professional expertise through skills based volunteering with marketing. But then we have opportunities to serve direct impact in the community. We have opportunities, you know, within internal operations. We have women who have added a financial piece to their, you know, to their resume based on volunteering within the league. And, you know, we do, like Camille said, we run like a business. We have strategic planning. There's just so many different ways for women to volunteer and find that passion and feel like they could try a couple of different things out versus, okay, you know, I have to do this one thing or this one path. I mean, you know, if you look at the presidents and the, you know, women who have served on our board over the last 105 years, there's probably 225 different paths, right? Like that those women Mm -hmm. went through to reach the leadership role that they had. And I think that's just a really unique way that we serve our members and also serve our community.
0: Absolutely. And y'all both hit on this point a little bit, but this always really resonates with me personally. When you think about you know, the corporate environment, those tend to be very structured, right? We know exactly what our jobs are. They may have a little bit of wiggle room, but for the most part, you have a very structured capacity. Here at the Junior League, you really do have the opportunity to try your hand at so many different areas. So maybe, you know, Deanna, to your point, you work in marketing professionally and you want to go a little bit deeper and expand those skills. The Junior League can help you do that. But maybe you are an accountant by day and you're like, I don't want to touch anything numbers related at the Junior League, but I really want to go try advocacy work or I want to get really involved in our learning and development council. Those are opportunities that you have to really expand your skill set. And Camille, like you mentioned, with those natural skills that people may not even realize they have, they can bring those to the junior league and we can help grow those in areas mm-hmm. that they really not be maybe aware of. And I reflect sometimes when I'm at my corporate job and I realize I'm bringing my junior league learned skills into my day job and I will actually have coworkers and, and my CEO even recognizes it. she'll say, I see that junior league skill coming through because you know you're keeping us on track with a defined strategic plan and an agenda-focused meeting so that we are achieving what we set out to achieve. And those are skills that I learned at the league and I brought to my day job. That's and so right. that's always a, a fascinating connection. And I love mm-hmm. sharing that with our members. Um, you know, the I best will
1: say I- that when I go in, I was just going to say on the agenda, I will say that I, when people don't run meetings like a junior league meeting, it, 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 I sit there thinking like, This meeting could have been done in 45 minutes if we had just had like a junior league agenda. So I think, you know, it definitely stays with you. And especially for me, I'm like, we need to be an efficient meeting. We need like five minutes to say hello, get this meeting done and move on with our day. So the agenda one always sticks with me as one of the places where I think, you know, while it seems like a small thing, it's a big thing when you're talking about volunteers and time management and making sure you're getting the most out of a meeting
0: and making sure people's time feels respected, you know, especially when you are a volunteer. And to your point, Camille, you're not getting paid in dollars, right? So you wanna make sure we're respecting your time. That's right. Um, So, you know, I'd love to touch on this a little bit of, we really seem to be living in a world, both globally and locally, experiencing constant rapid change. And so when you think about advice that you would give our volunteers and our members and those who are really acting in a leadership capacity about leading through change, and the role that leaders take in a changing world, what advice would you share about how to lead through change? Camille, we can
2: start with you. Sure, I, you know, leading through change, uh, change is inevitable, right? So, you know, be adaptable, be curious, uh, embrace lifelong learning. Uh, so, you know, we, we I have learned so much over my, my junior league days. Uh, just as you said, you've learned how to, to you know, plan and uh, run a meeting and, you know, as Deanna said, you know, making sure we value people's time and and carving out a a proper agenda. I am a huge proponent of consent agendas, you know, get all that stuff out of the way before the meeting even actually occurs. So um, you learn so much about yourself and about others um, when you're put in an environment where you have to adapt uh, and where things are changing and the world is changing. The Junior League of today is not the Junior League of 1916. You know, so much has changed, uh, and in order for this organization to have lasted as long as it has, it has to continually look internally. Each time we do a new do a new strategic plan, uh, and figure out who who do who do we want to be when we grow up? What do we want to be when we grow up? You know, so the league is still figuring that out. I mean, we're we're. Uh, about to start that process again, you know, to for the new strategic plan and, you know, sources of income change, uh, sources of membership change, uh, the dynamics of membership change. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's so important to embrace diversity. And what I always like to tell people is diversity means so many different things. It is not just the color of a person's skin. Of course. You know, as someone who's, you know, multicultural, of course that plays a role in it, but it's also your background, you know, what you're passionate about, where you come from, geographic diversity, uh, you know, age diversity. You know, I, I told this story while nominating this year, and I told the story to uh, my fellow awesome sauce uh, nominating team about how when I was about to be president, I, this is back when you could, you, I wrote an article now, oh my gosh, you can't do that if you're not you know, president it goes outside of the organization. But back then I'd written an, uh, an article saying it's never too late to join the junior league. Because back then when you were, you know, in the provisional program, mm-hmm. you were also responsible for kind of helping to recruit. And Ginny uh, Pruitt, um, who we all know is a, a, you know, league member and has built her business, you know, from a, a young age. And I love Ginny Pruitt. She was my sustainer rep when I was on the board. I wanted her real world business advice to help us as a nonprofit organization, which a lot and a lot of people see the connection there, but I saw the connection. And I remember writing this article saying it's never too late to join the junior league. And she saw that article and she said, you know what? All her friends joined when they were younger, she never got to join the league because she was busy building her business. So she joined the junior league at an advanced age, I won't say how old she was, Um, but she did all of the stuff that all of our provisionals do. She went on the bus tour, you know, this is Jenny Pruitt, you know, doing all of these things. She loved it and has stuck with it um, all of these years later. Uh, And I marvel at that. And she explained to me, you've got to embrace change. And if something didn't work for you at some point in your life, that doesn't mean it won't work for you later in your life. So that's an example of you know, being adaptable and not being afraid uh, of change, because that could have been daunting for her, even as much as she's accomplished to you know, join this organization. And she didn't know any of those other provisionals uh you know she didn't and and they weren't in her age bracket or anything like that uh and that's why one of the things i used to do when i was involved with the provisional program is i would uh make everybody stand up almost like musical chairs and make you sit somewhere else sit with someone you don't know because there's always going to be a person who's coming and they don't know anyone and they may be reticent to to you know say hey how are you i'm camille Um, So I almost like would force people to move around and get to know other people. Um, That also requires adaptability because it's making you change. Oh my gosh, I came here with uh, joy, but wait, now I'm sitting with Deanna. So it's being able to adapt, but also being open and being willing to learn new things and being willing to meet new people through the process That's how I think the league is going to continue to be able to grow. We have to be willing to get outside of our comfort zone, get to know people who may be a little bit different from us because we have commonalities that we may not even realize or recognize. Absolutely. Those are great thoughts. And, you know,
1: I would just add that if we've learned anything over the last two years um, and, you know, it's hard to believe that, you know, we're sitting very close to the hot two-year mark. Um, of, you know, lockdown um, with COVID is, you know, to Camille's point, that we have to change and we have to adapt um, to continue to be relevant. And one of the things is I think the league has a long history of doing that, um, you know, and has to continue to challenge itself to continue to do that. Um, so that, you know, 100 years from now, whatever the version of a podcast is, Just like, you know, we were talking earlier about the radio show from the 30s that the league did, whatever that is, that there's women sitting and having these conversations that are relevant to their day Um, and just making sure that we're having those hard conversations and honest conversations and that the league is a place where a diverse group of women feel like they are welcome and supported and included and making sure that the things that we do both internally and externally in the community support that. Um, I'm going to answer one part of it a little bit differently in that for me, I think specifically, you know, talking to league leaders who are sitting, you know, in a leadership position today or looking at a leadership position in the future, one of the best things I ever did um, and ever learned um, was to not surround myself with people who were just going to agree with me and were just going to say, yes, Diana, you did a great job. Um, Nancy Figpen, um, you both have heard me talk about Nancy. Um, Nancy was that person for me very early in my leadership journey in the league. And I am forever grateful um, for that. Because when you're in that leadership role, you don't need people who just think the same way that you are and or are going to always tell you that you did the right thing, especially when you didn't do the right thing, or you need to address a situation differently. Um, you know, I refer to it as my kitchen cabinet. So, you know, it's men and women who help me on this journey. Um, most of them are, many of them are junior league members, but also thinking about they're not just junior league members who are older than I am. They're also junior league members and men and women that are younger than I am so that you do have a perspective that's not just yours and that you actually listen to those people. Because um, I think one of the worst things that you can do is gather a group of people together, but you're not actually listening to what they're saying. You're doing it to check a box. So I think finding the people that you can really trust who are going to give you the praise when something's gone really well but when something hasn't gone really well and you call them like Nancy would be like, I need to know where we are. Do you want me to tell you it's okay, Deanna, it's going to be fine. Do you want me to tell you, well, that wasn't your best day, but it wasn't your worst. Or do you want me to tell you like you have some fixing to do? Mm -hmm. And she's like, if I told her one, she'd be like, all right, I'll talk to you in 15 minutes. Go, go get that out of your system and then call me back. But having those honest conversations with women and, you know, about the league, but also about your leadership style. Because, you know, we all, as Camille said, have areas of opportunity and growth that we can work on. But if you're not surrounding yourself with those people who are going to have those honest conversations with you, it's really hard to continue to build and strengthen those areas where you do need, you know, you do need a little bit of work from a leadership perspective.
0: Absolutely. And Deanna, you touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to go a little bit deeper. So when we think about the lessons that we've learned being in leadership capacities or the different things that we've gone through, what did you find the most challenging about being a leader?
1: I would say I learned the power of I'm sorry and a true I'm sorry. Not a call to tell you I'm sorry as a checkbox. Um, but a true I'm sorry. And here is why I am. And here is what I'm going to do to not do this again. Um, I think we, I'm sorry, is not an easy thing to say. And when I say and I'm sorry, I mean, pick up the phone, because you know, I tell people all the time, you can still talk on the phone, It's not just text or email. <laughs> right. But a true i'm going to pick up the phone or i'm going to sit across from someone and have coffee and tell them that i'm sorry i think was one of and and this is a nancy thing um she's like and i'm sorry over text or email no that does not count like it's nice but no it doesn't count you need to call them or you need to sit across the table from them and have those conversations um I think, you know, obviously the last two years have taken a lot of that in-person contact out, but I think as leaders, we have to remember and find ways as the world is opening back up to get back to that. Um, it's really hard to see somebody's body language, even over Zoom, right? Or their facial expression. Um, and those social cues, you you need those as a leader, right? You need to be able to have those so you know how someone is feeling and how they're reacting to what you're saying. So I think for me, really that learning to say, I'm sorry. And then I would say the second thing is with that, having hard conversations, sitting across the table from someone, not over text, not over email and not over the phone. Mm-hmm.
2: Those
0: Those are wonderful points. Absolutely. Camille, what about you? What did you find most challenging?
2: You know, for me, um, not to get too um, too deep, but what was challenging for me was recognizing that not everyone is in your corner, and that no matter how nice you are, and you know, my mantra is kindness at all times. So every year, you know, they ask the past presidents, and you, I, you, you know this. They ask the past presidents to provide a word of encouragement or a word for the incoming president. My word is always the same. It is kindness. I wish you kindness. I would never treat anyone poorly. And uh, I encountered some, some ugliness that was not, I done nothing to deserve it. So I'll never forget it. Uh, I'll, you know, I've moved on obviously, but I'll never forget that because it serves as a reminder to me of how, you know, that old adage, treat others as you would want to be treated. Uh, and I see some of these people every now and then, and I just think, um, I hope that they've had an epiphany uh, to realize that how you treat people reflects so much upon yourself. And so the mm-hmm. hardest thing for me was giving so much of myself uh, to a role, to this role, uh, and to an organization and to to people uh, and, you know, not always getting back what I thought I was putting in it, Uh, but you know that's it's a again lifelong learning it's a learning uh, it was a learning experience for me to see that well you know what there's always going to be detractors but that does not detract against what you are accomplishing and what you are achieving and if you stay true to who you are and to being the best version of yourself that you can be uh, then none of those, that ugliness can touch you. Um, yes. I remember my husband would always say, just, you know, don't, 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 you know, don't take it to heart. Um, you know, that's impossible. Yes, <laughs> It's impossible not to take it to heart, whether it's in, you know, a corporate environment or a volunteer environment, it's impossible to not get your feelings hurt when, you know, people are ugly, but um, the overwhelming, number of people that I have come across are genuinely kind to their core mm-hmm. and want to treat people with kindness and respect and those are my kinfolk those are the people who I want to be around uh, and so I just had to learn to cut out negativity out of my life if people are going to be negative have at it but I'm not gonna be there and I'm not gonna participate. And I'm just gonna have people who build me up in my life and I'm gonna to try to build up others. You know, that's about women supporting women and mentoring other women and helping. Cause if one of us succeeds, we all succeed. So, you know, I have told countless people, if you, you know, want to take my advice, if you want it, my, my phone number is in the directory, you know, my, my, you know, I'm addicted to email, I probably need help for that. Uh, but send me an email, and, and I, you'll get a response almost immediately. So, um, and you know what else, you don't have to take my advice. It's okay. You it's, I believe in getting perspectives from others. But then at the end of the day, you have to make up your own mind. And it's okay to not do what someone else recommends but I think it's worthwhile to hear other recommendations. Uh, But I, you know, that took me a long time. I'm not going to lie. It took me a long time to realize um, that you just need to cut out people who aren't uh, serving your best interests. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, And it's hard to do that, but, it, w- I, it, it just makes such a huge difference in your life when you've got positivity in your life and you're surrounding yourself with people who believe in you.
0: Right, And, and thank you all so much for sharing that. And as you're all sharing that, I was thinking to myself about when you stay rooted in our mission, beautiful things happen, right? We can Absolutely. navigate ourselves through these tough conversations or these difficult leadership moments. But when you stay rooted in what we are trying to bring for the women and girls in our state, in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, those are always things that bring you back to why we're here and what we're doing and what really matters. And that's something that that y'all have certainly helped me learn over my leadership journey is when you stay rooted in the mission, everything else tends to fall away.
2: Absolutely. And I remember,
0: Camille, that was actually something that you shared with me um, you know, in the past couple of years of stay rooted in the mission and stay focused on that. And and when you're moving forward in that way, beautiful things happen. Um, Well, I Mm -hmm. could sit here and talk to y'all forever and ever and ever, but I would, I want to be respectful of your time. So I want to ask one more question. And if you could offer one piece of advice to women and to members of the junior league, as they think about, because I truly believe you don't have to have a quote unquote title to be a leader. We are all leaders when we join our organization. And so when you think about the women of the Junior League and our members in their personal leadership journey, what is one piece of advice that you would like them to to remember as they move forward in the community? Um, Deanna, we'll start with you.
1: I would um, just say, you know, I think go for it and try something new, right? Like we are a safe place to try something and to fail forward and to learn from it. Um, you know, I think back to my tweeper conversation with um, Sarah Bats at Starbucks. Um, and I think about, you know, I was, to your point, Joy, you know, already serving in the leadership role. Um, and we all do come in as leaders when we join the league. But, you know, thinking about trying something new and what are the skills that you have today or the skills that you want to have? in the future and how can the league help you while also you're helping the community, right? And just to not be afraid to try um and see what's out there. And you know, this podcast is just like such a great example of something that we didn't have before. And now we have this great way for our members to hear the voices of other members and community partners and the impact we're making in the community. So I think mine would be for think what, what is your podcast for the league that's going to help us move us forward for the next 100 plus years? Yeah, and I'll, I'll piggyback off of that to I love
2: what Deanna just said. And, and you know, be open uh, because what you think you may want to do uh, is not the, may not be the, the, the challenge that you need or want. Um, so mm-hmm. be open to other possibilities and, and always whenever you can, be kind and help others, help other women, help other women through the junior league, help other women outside of the league, support your fellow women to become future leaders. Uh, And being a leader, Joy, as you said, does not necessarily mean you have a big title. It just means you're leading in your own capacity in your own sphere of influence. Uh, And supporting others, because, you know, at the end of the day, our goal is to empower women and children to become self-sufficient and also to train future community leaders. Um, But if you go up for a big position in the league or, or in corporate world, great, that is that is awesome. But you know what, if you're also a worker bee, you're still leading, you're still helping a community mm-hmm. partner to achieve its goals. You're still helping an, a woman to become self-sufficient or a child to have their needs met. So there's so many different ways that you can plug in and get connected. But I would just encourage all of us. We used to have, We I think we tried to have a mentor program years and years ago, but I would just encourage us to try to help others, women in particular, Um, because there's not enough of that there's not enough in my mind women who've achieved so much they need to bring up other women with them along the way so be open and most importantly please be kind be kind because you don't know what someone else may be dealing with Mm
0: -hmm. well y'all this conversation today has been so uplifting and inspiring and I just appreciate your time and you sharing all of these you know, wonderful things with with me and with our listenership today. And as a personal point of appreciation and gratitude, I just want to say thank you to both of you. You are exemplary leaders in our organization. You have served at the helm leading us through this, you know, all the junior league does, but I want to particularly highlight that you also have come back to the junior league and stayed connected. Even after serving as president, you continue to serve on active committees. You mentor, you volunteer, You bring your families to our organization, and and we get to volunteer and spend time with them as well. And so I think you just both serve as really great examples of what lifelong leadership and commitment to the Junior League really means. And you have been personal inspiration points for me. So I just wanted to express how much I appreciate your leadership and your example. So
2: I love it. Thank you so much, Joy. Thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of JLA Inside Out. If you have feedback, thoughts, or questions, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at insideout at jlatlanta.org.